0: Super Talk Mississippi Media Production. Hello, ladies and gentlemen. This is Jamie Creel with Shelter Insurance. Come see how we've built a name that you can trust and why it is a must to get your free quote today with our Switch and Save. Located in Ridgeland and Florida, Mississippi, give us a call, 601-992-6000. You're listening to the Rebel Report Podcast, where it's all old Miss, all the time. All right, what is it you want to do when you grow up? Here's your host, Michael Borky. Welcome in, everybody, to the Rebel Report. I'm Michael Forkey, and uh, glad that you guys are with me on this Monday of Alabama week. I was about to say that non-conference games are uh, in the rear view. They're, they're not. Louisiana Monroe is later, but uh, it gets real now as SEC play begins, and Ole Miss is on the road to Tuscaloosa. You did not get a post-game recap reaction podcast this week because the uh, the software... That we use the the hosting software, I, I it wouldn't let me in. I couldn't upload the podcast anywhere. It, it it just was not functioning. I tried Saturday after the game. I tried late Saturday night after the Colorado game. I tried all day Sunday. I even tried this morning, and it's just it's not letting me in. So I'm gonna have to kind of jump through a couple of hoops here uh, to to get this one uploaded for you. But you need an episode of this podcast. At least I hope you do. I feel I hope you're feeling that way, and so I'm gonna give you one. I'm just going to have to do a couple of extra things to to get it there. Um, the home office this weekend was not letting me upload the podcast. So I have one recorded for you. It's just, it's got nowhere to go. So uh, I did do the uh, the live chat last night. So I will bring that to you right now. There was a lot, obviously, a lot of old Miss Georgia Tech talk. There were state fans in there as well. And we talked about their um, uh, just disastrous game against LSU as well. So, uh I hope you're looking forward to that. But before we get into that, I want to remind you that the podcast is brought to you by Advantage Business Systems. Check them out online, absms.com. That's the website, absms.com. That's the website. If your business is located in Mississippi and you're in the market for office technology, anything from copiers and printers and mail machines to cloud storage and data security, whatever it is, if it's tech, if it's in the office and your business needs it, check them out. absms.com. Advantage Business Systems has you covered. Tell them I sent you and you'll get a complimentary office technology assessment. So you tell them what you need and what your budget is, and they will find a solution for you on me. The podcast is also brought to you by Priority One Bank. Let them make you their priority. Had to spend some time at Priority One Bank this morning, actually, and they were uh, extremely helpful, as they always are. I walked in, and the teller knew what my name was. It's, uh, I, I love that. I don't know why that stands out to me so much, but it does. I love it, and it happened again to me today. They will make you their priority. They've got online banking like everybody does, but it's a one-stop shop. All you need is an internet connection, and you can manage your money in every way possible. You don't need multiple apps like I did with my previous bank. Again, 16 locations in Mississippi, so there's one conveniently located for you. Priority One Bank makes you their priority. Also, don't forget to uh, follow me on Twitter, Facebook, and YouTube at Michael Borky, B-O-R-K-E-Y, and subscribe to this podcast wherever you get them. Just search Rebel Report. Here it is right now, the live chat, 45 minutes or so of really good football talk, mostly focused around Ole Miss Georgia Tech and Mississippi State getting spanked by LSU. Here that is now. I'll talk to you guys tomorrow. We'll start talking Alabama tomorrow. See you then. We're here to talk about football. It was a hell of a weekend, honestly. This was supposed to be uh, kind of a down weekend in college football, but there is no down weekends in college football. We got a lot, a lot to talk about. Uh, I mean, obviously here locally, Mississippi State got uh, wrecked by LSU, and there's a lot to take away from that. It is still LSU. They kind of reminded everybody of what they have, uh, if that makes sense. Um, But there's a lot of stuff about state that um, uh, fans are talking about this weekend, and and honestly, rightfully so. There's concern, and there should be concern, but there also should have been some expectation of – Uh, growing pains Uh, there just wasn't enough people that talked about that man tried but I'm I'm just one guy I guess but um, and also with Ole Miss they cruise in the second half again but things get a lot more real now with uh, SEC play starting Uh, I do think Georgia Tech is is improved they're they're certainly not last year's uh, Georgia Tech it's a bowl team at least I think it it will be Uh, but still not the same I think Ole Miss will play Only two teams that are worse than the one that they just played. So a crazy weekend in college football. The SEC is just so even. And frankly, what's kind of impressive about what Ole Miss has done the last couple of weeks is the fact that that the games were weird early for different reasons, and they kind of exploded in the second half. Whereas you look at Arkansas, for example, they lose to BYU. Tennessee struggled with Austin P, And then go to Florida and and lose and look bad doing it. Georgia struggles with a South Carolina team that's really, really poor up front. And if you look around the SEC, and God, Alabama, I mean, my goodness. So taking care of business, at least right now, is is commendable because not everybody in the league is, is doing that comfortably. So a lot to talk about. Glad you're with me. But uh, you guys are going to drive the conversation. I've got the, the Ole Miss and State box scores up so we can talk about that or whatever else you guys want to talk about. Corey's been riding this train, says 11-1, and one, talking about Ole Miss. Tim says, Hottie toddy, what's up, Borky? Nothing, man, nothing. I took a good nap today. That's what's up. <laughs> I did yard work, and I took a nap. That is, uh, that is what's up. Uh, I didn't have to stress about football today. It's great. I'll just have to stress about football tomorrow because the Saints play tomorrow. Uh, but today was a nice day. I was relaxed. I, I didn't do much, but it was a good day. Another one, I haven't felt this good going into Alabama in a long time. Yeah, there's a lot of confidence with uh, with Ole Miss fans right now. Um, health, I think, is going to be important and, and effective health, right? Um, if Caden Prescorn plays, that's good. But how effective can he be coming off of an injury in his first game playing with this team, and it happens to be in uh, in Tuscaloosa? And, yes, Alabama has has quarterback problems. They've got lots of problems. they got problem problems. They're really bad up front on the offensive line. It doesn't feel like they've got the weapons that they used to have. And, obviously, the quarterback position is, is a disaster. But they're still really good up front on defense. And I'm, I'm curious to know how Ole Miss up front is going to be able to hold up uh, against Alabama. It is still a, a roster that is filled with former five-star players. I mean, let's not kid ourselves. Despite looking horrible – on offense, and not looking. They might just be. Um, I, I'd expect to see Milrow uh, on Saturday for what that's worth. Uh, at least he can beat you one way. The other two can't at all. Uh, but um, I, I'm not sure yet how I think Ole Miss is going to hold up against Alabama's defensive front. That That's the, the key to the game. They obviously have the advantage uh, at quarterback. Uh, Ole Miss will have the advantage at quarterback against everybody they play uh, it, with the exception of LSU you could call that a wash um but yeah I mean that, that's that's where Dart has elevated himself uh to this point so yeah interesting game for sure breaking news more to 11 the two top 15 teams going at it is an interesting game that's why I get paid the big bucks but uh but still thanks for the Sunday evening recaps appreciate you Brett glad the glad you're here Chase says, hail dear old state with desolate emotion. Oh boy, that um losing to LSU is not in year one of a rookie head coach is is not altogether bad. It's the way they lost to LSU that is it's causing fans to be deeply concerned and, and they should be. But you know, I, I don't like doing this because I don't. I get things wrong all the time, and so I don't want people rush, like shoving it back in my face. It's okay to get things wrong, but man, there were not enough people this off season when it came to Mississippi State, and I tried to be again. I tried to be, but maybe I didn't do it enough. I don't know. But again, nobody gives a shit about me anyway. Um, there were not enough people this off season that were doing the, hey, hold up, wait a second. Because the take was, well, Mike Leach tragically passes away, a legendary Hall of Fame football coach that did it uniquely in elevated programs for two decades. He's gone. He's being replaced by a guy that's never been a head coach before. Oh, it's going to be fine. Oh, they lose three of their top four wide receivers. Oh, it's going to be fine. Oh, they lose a first-round pick in the secondary. Oh, it's going to be fine. They lose their safeties. Oh, it's going to be fine. Uh, they're bringing in a new offense, and it's not the air raid. It's a more difficult offense. Oh, it's going to be fine. There were not enough people saying, hey, it may not be fine. That, that, that there might be growing pains in year one. That Will Rogers, who at the, at the back half of last season, while operating the most quarterback-friendly system in college football, wasn't good at the end of last season. And so when you're transitioning away from the most quarterback-friendly offense in college football to something more difficult, nobody said, or not enough people said, hey, it might not be pretty at first. But people just got caught up in like, oh, records and stats. And it's like, he's going to be asked to do more difficult things. And he, he struggled at times with the easy things a year ago. And yes, I know up front on the offensive line, LSU just completely dominated them. I I understand that. But when there wasn't pressure, when there wasn't duress, what should be pretty routine passes where a receiver's covered, but if you throw a good ball, you can get it in there. And and they weren't even – it's almost like he's kind of afraid to throw receivers open. Maybe that's not it. I'm an an amateur. I'm not a coach. It looks like when – like they're running like a little out route, right? A little ten yard out, and there's a defensive back on the receiver's backside. But if you throw an accurate football on a rope, it's a completion. It's like he doesn't have the confidence in himself to to take that risk and deliver that that throw accurately. And he was he was sailing balls, and it's all encompassing. I mean, how how the defense looked as poor as they did as well. I mean, just. Single covering Malik neighbors uh, like that and just getting burned over and over and over and over and over and over again is also bad. Um, didn't do a great job at, at generating pass rush. I mean, it was all bad. So, so blaming yesterday on quarterback exclusively is, is a bad thing to do because it's just, it's good. It's not right. It's, it's goofy. However, there's an issue there. And it's not like this is new. This is carryover from, from the end of last season, and I don't know what Mississippi State does from here. Maybe they just try to keep plugging. This is a massive game on Saturday with South Carolina. It, you know, Maybe they just try and keep this up. I said uh, on Twitter going into the fourth quarter that Mike Wright needed that entire quarter because, no, Mike Wright is not an effective passer the way you uh, would hope an SEC quarterback would be. I mean, he's, he's limited there, but at least he can beat you some way. I mean, Mike Wright can also airmail passes too. You know what I mean, and, and he can run a little bit. And if you're going to have offensive line problems, which they might, then at least you've got somebody that is an electric athlete, and you can do more things on the edge and, and be a little bit more creative in the running game. Because that you're you're you are simply not winning football games like that. You're not, and, and so. You know, chance for a bounce back this week. South Carolina played Georgia tough. Spencer Rattler's been really, really good. But um, if they can't get that done, or if they play like they did this Saturday, it's not going to matter. Jackson Dart is hot. (laughs) Um, Yeah, and the thing about what's impressive to me, Tim, about Jackson Dart, and also I want to loop Spencer Rattler into this as well because – on the quarterback front, so so two weeks in a row, Jackson Dart had to navigate a weird start. So, in the Tulane game, he's really sharp early, and then Trey Harris gets hurt, and then his offensive line got absolutely—I'm going to use the word from the title—walloped by Tulane for basically the entire game. I mean, just he was he was under duress basically the entire game, and it was a weird start, and they were down early, and then. He just kept making plays. He just kept delivering accurate footballs, running, taking hits, staying in and making plays. And then this week, it was a weird first half again, where they only had, what, four possessions, I think? I've got the – I should have the drive chart in front of me. Um, One, two, three, four. Yeah, they only had four possessions in the first half. Four possessions in the first half. And Georgia Tech was really doing a good job of keeping Ole Miss's offense off the field. They had long sustained drives, and so they really couldn't get a rhythm going offensively. He had a uh, a touchdown pass dropped in the end zone. He had a handful of drops early in the game, and so like he was like four of twelve or something at that at halftime. But he wasn't playing that poorly. It's just there was a couple of drops. Things were just weird. And, and what he did was he stayed the course continued to he, – he beat Georgia Tech with his legs and then late delivered really good, accurate passes. He kind of stayed in it and, and elevated his team. And honestly, Spencer Rattler's doing the same thing. South Carolina's offensive line is abysmal. They are awful. But go look at Spencer Rattler's numbers. Look at what he did against North Carolina under duress the entire game. Furman kind of doesn't count. And then Georgia on the road in Athens. And yes, he threw two interceptions. But if you watch the game, you know that they were late. One of them was like, I think it was like third and forever with like a minute left. And it's just like, throw the ball up because the game's over. Spencer Rattler, despite being under duress and overmatched, elevated his offense and elevated his football team and is playing well despite challenges around him. Jackson Dart is doing that. He's playing well despite challenges around him, external factors affecting things, but he's still making plays and and benefiting his offense. LSU had Will Rogers under duress often. Same, more experience. Didn't get that elevated the team around him feeling. Ole Miss is winning the West. I I think it's I think it's LSU uh, right now. I I think it's LSU. Um, Can't forget it was just that they're good at quarterback. They've got weapons. They're good on the defensive front. Kind of vulnerable in the secondary. At least they're supposed to be. Uh, But yeah, I I think LSU is is winning the West personally. But it, it feels really even, doesn't it? At least it should. Seems like the Bama Ole Miss game will be an ugly one in one of two ways. It'll either be an ugly Bama blowout win or an ugly mid-20s game. I would not be surprised if it's a really low-scoring football game. I think what's going to be important for, for Dart in this one is to protect the football. I don't think you're going to have to outscore Alabama like they felt like they've had to in the past, where it's just we better score every drive or else is kind of what they're – I'm speaking from their perspective. Um, that That's how it felt the last time they went to Tuscaloosa. You could clearly tell that Lane Kiffin thought – Again, I'm speaking from his perspective. We have to score on every possession. And that's why he did kind of recklessness on fourth downs and things like that, because he didn't expect to get stops defensively. I don't think you have to play that way on Saturday. Protect the football. Take your chances when they're there. But I don't think you have to be overly risky, because you shouldn't fear of Alabama putting 45 points on the board. But anyway. What do we know of the discipline issues for Centarian Perkins that kept him off the field last week? Um, I I don't know. Uh, As far as, I I mean, what I think happened, and again, this is, I, I could be wrong. This is what I think happened. Because if I remember correctly, he played early, right? Like, got a couple snaps and made a mistake. But that was a game where they just needed somebody to be in the right place. They didn't need to, like, overwhelm you with athleticism. So they didn't need to play him. Uh, they just need somebody that they could trust to be in the right place and the game would take care of itself and it did that was kind of my theory. Olmes has a better team right now than Alabama even with all the players out plus a the way better quarterback. Um I don't know that's tough. Because Olmes hasn't played Texas yet. You know, they, they have they have not been challenged in that way yet. I think that Alabama will have the advantage over Ole Miss from, from their front six and Ole Miss's offensive line. I think Alabama is going to have an advantage there. Um, You would expect Judkins to be healthier this week than he was uh, last night. You know, just kind of logic one plus one equals two. Um, I expect Priest Corn to play what that's going to look like though. I don't know, but I do expect him to play. Uh, So that helps, but I do think Alabama is going to have an advantage there. Um, because it's a defensive front filled with five-star players all over the place. And Ole Miss hadn't played that yet this year. They haven't played that yet this year, and they've struggled up front w- without having seen that. But to your point, and I think it's a good one, Ole Miss is better at quarterback. And that matters so much. And not only are they better at quarterback, it- it's not like Alabama's okay, Darts good. Alabama's a train wreck. and And, and Darts really good. So, so it, it's a big gap at the quarterback position. I would start Milrow. I would play Milrow if I were Alabama. I wouldn't even consider one of the other two guys, and I would try to run him like hell. That, that, that's what I would do because they're not beating anybody running offense the way that they just did. Did Denver win? No, they didn't. Nope, they did not. By the way, Bama will start Milrow, another one. I agree that Milroe will be starting as well. Imagine if Ole Miss was healthy right now going into these next two or three weeks. Yeah, um, man, just just Trey Harris. If they just had Trey Harris. um, I I mean, you know, some people are talking about Zachary Franklin and him being back would be helpful, but are we sure? Are are, are we sure that he would help that team? Because, well, we haven't seen him yet, and he's also coming off of an injury. Yeah. so if he does play, I don't know what he can give you. Maybe it's something great. I just, I don't know. Jane Daniels has such a nice deep ball. Yeah, man, he, he was just so comfortable on Saturday, wasn't he? I mean, and, you know, not every throw was easy either. I mean, it felt like the state was really having a hard time not only generating pressure but covering. Uh, but, I mean, throwing into tight windows, deep ball was really, really good and on point. Um, he's athletic enough to make plays with his feet. He was really impressive uh, on Saturday on the road as well. And look, it's early, and, and LSU, you know, did stretches in a uh, car dealership parking lot because Brian Kelly was afraid of his team falling asleep on the long bus ride in the early morning. And Jaden Daniels, you want to talk about elevating your team? Uh, I mean, goes on the road and and shuts up. What was a sold out crowd, not a full crowd, but a sold out crowd, and shuts them up. Right away. I mean, he was just sharp and on the money uh, immediately uh, for LSU and set the tone. I mean, he, he's, a, he's a savvy veteran that can do a lot of things and do a lot of things well. He's improved uh, throwing the football. Brian Kelly or, or whoever has been coaching him this offseason has done a really nice job of, of getting him to more confidently throw the ball in the intermediate to, to deep routes because there was a, a point in time last year. Where they didn't trust him, Brian. They they, he was really bad at it at the beginning of last year, and that is not his thing um, anymore. It it is not his thing. How am I feeling about the whole Colorado versus Colorado State game? Was entertaining, but I kind of think Colorado is still not as good as people think that they are. I agree with you. They should have lost that game, which would have been funny. Honestly, and look, I I like Deion Sanders. I, I think. A personality like him is good for college football. Um, he's a winner. I think he's going to win at Colorado. I get why he relates to players. I'm not a hater, but it would have been funny as hell to watch Colorado lose that game last night. It would have been hilarious, honestly. Um, but, yeah, I think losses are coming, though, and I, I think they're going to to start, and I think it's going to be possibly ugly th- this weekend. There's There is some fool's gold. In this Colorado team. They're good. They're better. Um, I, I like what they do on offense, but I think there is some some fool's gold there. I, I think people are uh, the, the media especially are getting so caught up in this hype that they're not looking at it objectively. And I would be shocked if if Oregon does not really take it to them. I, I, I That's that's what I expect. And the broadcast was weird last night. Weird. Uh, and that's all I'll say about that. I guess. State people putting the fault on Will do not understand. It's the head coach putting him in a system that he does not match his skill set. But uh, so here, here's the thing about that. Um. Do you make coordinator hires based on who you have at quarterback, or do you make coordinator hires based on what you want to do moving forward? You know what I mean? I mean, should should Zach Arnett have just hired an air raid guy because he's got Will Rogers, even though he, he thinks that the air raid wasn't working because it, it kind of wasn't? You know, it, it's... It, I don't know. I I don't think it's the system's fault. I don't think they're good enough at quarterback. I, I don't think they're talented enough. And, and I've, I've said that for two years and, and I got called a, a dumb old Miss Homer. And I don't know what I'm talking about. They're not good enough at quarterback. They're not talented enough there. It is not the system's problem. It wasn't the system's problem last year. And it's not the system's problem. Now they're not good enough there that they're not. And it, that's, that's harsh. And I don't like talking like this. It's, it's, but they're not good enough there. They're not talented enough there. And because of that, this is what they get. Jason says, exactly. We're just going to win nine games because they did last year. And the third year of a completely different system was the dumbest thing ever. It looked like nobody knew what they were doing. The 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 Oh, it's just going to be fine. Well, why? Well, because it is. Didn't make sense. Impressed by how Ole Miss put away Georgia Tech. Second halves have been strong so far, unlike last year. That's a good point. Um, I mean, even against the bad teams, Ole Miss wasn't good in the second half. Um, so so that matters. Uh, putting away teams matters. It, regardless of, of what the opponent is, other people in the SEC haven't been able to put teams like this away. Last year's Ole Miss team couldn't put Teams uh, like this away, and, and I think a lot of it has to do with who you have at quarterback. I, I think that Dart has dramatically changed himself, and because of that, and you know, also there's this there's this phenomenon where Charlie Weiss Jr. gets all of the blame for the bad stuff, and then Lane Kiffin gets all of the credit for the good stuff. Cracks me up. It's like, oh, red zone offense is is awful again. You need to get rid of Charlie Weiss. It's like. One, if Michael Trigg catches a touchdown pass that hit him right in the hands, no, no, nobody's talking like that anyway. But Lane Kiffin has a headset on, and he's talking on it, and he's got a play sheet in his hands. And I don't know if you notice this. If he gives a whistle, they stop, and they look at him, and he changes the play. If you have Lane Kiffin coaching your team, even if the offensive coordinator is making calls that aren't great, it's still on Lane Kiffin. It's I don't understand it. Charlie Weiss is like the scapegoat for everything bad, and then he gets no credit when things go well. It's it's a weird phenomenon. But yes, they have they have been much better in second halves, and I think a lot of it has to do with quarterback play. Um, he's he's tough and has been able to to navigate difficult games, weird starts, drops, bad offensive line play. And, and and he rises instead of last year where things just kind of stayed weird. They, they haven't so far. Been down players, missing weapons. He's been impressive. Again, I, I think the best description of Dart so far is he has really elevated his floor. What is his ceiling? We're going to find out in the next three weeks because it's real now. But his floor has, has risen dramatically. He has really improved what his floor is for sure. He predicted state six and six in the preseason. What I saw yesterday looks like a four or five win team. I mean, this South Carolina, um, this South Carolina game is vital. I mean, they have to win it. And the thing is that that's a tough place to play. And Spencer Rattler has been phenomenal. They were pretty good defensively yesterday as well. Why does it feel like Georgia Tech only got 320 to 350 yards, not 440-something? Because their yards per play average was bad. That's why. They they ran a lot of plays. But Haynes King threw for 307 yards, right, on 41 attempts. So – and two of those uh, were were broken – Coverage, like long, long, long passes, which, you know, he deserves credit for and Georgia Tech deserves credit for. But take those two plays away and they were really, really short yards per pass, uh, a yards per pass average that was really small. And same thing in the running game. I mean, they, they ran it 47 times for 167 yards. That That's why it feels that way, because they... They had the ball a lot, but they didn't move it all that well. If they don't get right and beat South Carolina, it's going to be a long season. Yes, absolutely. You appreciate the backdoor covers from Lane lately, a man of the people. Did you see what the Rams did today? Down 10 with like three seconds left and they kick a field goal to cover a seven and a half point spread as time expires in a two possession game. Yeah. Yeah. What concerns me most, if I'm a state fan, is the staff seems completely in over their heads. It's almost like they're new at it, and and there's going to be growing pains associated with a rookie head coach. SEC fans should not want Dart back next season. If he's back, he's going to be even more elite than he's starting to look like, that's for sure. Anyways, on to something else. You want to talk about Alabama? Are we just predictably going to see Milrow come out and run wild and Bama covers easily versus Ole Miss? Maybe I'm being too negative, but I don't know. Look, man, that's that's possible. It, it is possible. This is a very gettable Alabama team, but it's still Alabama. It's still in Bryant Denny. It, it's still a team that is filled with five star players, especially on defense. And yeah, Milrow is really athletic. And so Ole Miss, if they don't start Milrow, I don't know what the hell's going on. Maybe. You know the rumors about him being suspended yesterday are true, and, and maybe he's got issues uh, issues going on. Um, I don't know, but he's athletic enough to beat to beat anybody on his own. So hold on, I, I've, got, I've got to answer this message. It's, it's kind of important. Sorry, I, I'm sorry. I know this is bad, but I, I've got to uh, I've got to respond to this. actually I'll do that later uh, you saw what happened in 2011 with a great old Miss team yeah and that game could have um that game could have gone differently especially if they score on that opening possession but anyway that it's two years ago Spencer is good will not be surprised if he succeeds in the NFL that that talent it just took him a while it took him a while to to kind of put it all together. The chains of the change of scenery has been really really good to him. One last thing I'll say about State is their defense isn't good enough to support their terrible offense, which is what I thought would be the case. They have no pass rush and get smoked one v one. You thought they would be a good defense, is what I meant. Yeah, I thought so too. Uh, that that did not look like a team that had a bunch of veterans up front like they like they do. They got out schemed yesterday as well. I mean, they got. They got beat in every possible way. Every every way you can get beat in a football game, they got beat. They got beat in coverage. They got beat on the line of scrimmage. They got beat in tackling. They got beat um, by poor play on the offensive line. They got beat um, at the quarterback position. They got beat everywhere. They, They got beat everywhere. If it's not LSU, then who? Winning the West right now? Ole Miss right now. You know, things change every week. But, yeah, if it's not LSU right now. That's that's who. Just going to have to see it to believe it with Ole Miss beating Alabama in Tuscaloosa. There's a reason it doesn't happen very often. So I'm, I'm with you. I'm going to take that same approach. It's you know, it's it's still Alabama, you know, it still is. Talking about low-scoring game, could I see the Bama game being like 2014? Yes. Yeah, I could. Uh, a lot more 2014 than 2020. That, that's that's for sure. Don't expect Prescorn or Franklin to play a ton of snaps. I want them to be at least threats to Alabama. Um, I would expect more Prescorn than Franklin at this point. Does Ole Miss get, some, get back some injured players this week? Uh, I think Prescorn will play. Uh, Judkins should be healthier. Uh, it just he he was not he was not healthy yesterday, um, so another week of of kind of them leaving him alone essentially would would be good, but I, I don't know about Zachary Franklin. I don't expect to see Trey Harris. Shout out to Arkansas for collapsing against the Mormons. The Sam Pittman era is coming to an end soon. We were on that this summer, weren't we? I, I have never. At any point, been impressed with Sam. Never at any point been impressed. And other people just fawned over him for what he did in 2020. And I, I, at no point, was impressed. And I I get things wrong all the time, probably more so than I get right. But um, yeah, I, I got that one right. Colorado is about to get popped. I agree. Multiple, like like three or four touchdowns. I, I think Oregon's going to, to put it on him. Lane just said it's apparent Kevin Steele is no longer calling plays, and there goes my mouse. Come on. Oh, that's okay. I'll have to use the, uh, the little pad here. On defense for Bama, and seems like Bama is in chaos. What an interesting quote that was, right, where he thinks that, that he can see based on what they're doing who is actually calling the plays now. Interesting. Also looks like we hit on the Tennessee concerns correctly. Yes, we did. There's two. There's two. They were walking into a trap and Florida wasn't as bad as we saw in week 1, but their offense got shut down a lot. Milton not great either. Yeah, remember uh you know, he he was going to win the Heisman trophy and and he's a changed quarterback. How did we know that? Well, we just do. Nope. There was no reason to think that and the the consistency issues are absolutely still there. And um, that's a problem. It's amazing what good quarterback play does to a football team. You know, I put Hinden Hooker on, on Tennessee and they beat Florida yesterday. Just one, one change, one guy who's not as raw talented as the other. If Hinden Hooker plays for Tennessee yesterday, they beat Florida by three touchdowns. It's amazing. Uh, just, just how important that one little position is. Judkins hasn't looked right the last two weeks. The burst isn't there. Some of that might be the lingering injury he has, but Bentley and Dart have those bursts running the ball. He he definitely wasn't 100% yesterday. Um, that, That was apparent. Tried to play through it. Admirable to play through it. He's not healthy. Mike Bobo is doing his part to make Georgia look human. Isn't that another interesting decision there? I mean, Alabama goes with... Tommy Reese and Kevin Steele, just very uninspiring. And Georgia goes from uh, Todd Munkin to Mike Bobo. And, and again, too many people are like, oh, it's going to be fine. Yeah, Mike Bobo, we have a history of him being really underwhelming in the SEC. But it's, it's going to be fine. They're just going to light up the scoreboard again. No. Oh, man. People read the helmet too much. That's what happens. You have to agree with me on Rodgers. He seems like a great guy, but he's not a good quarterback, at least not anymore. He's too limited, and it's a square peg in a round hole situation. Yeah, he you know, he doesn't fit the offense as well as he fit the air raid, but th- these struggles date back to last year. To you, he's Buckner, decent quarterback, but a statue. Buckner's worse than Will Rogers. Was, ugh, ugh. If you can't protect, you have to get a guy in there to move around. At least see what you have. That, that's well, – <laughs> Why they didn't use the fourth quarter to at least find out what they've got with Mike Wright. What what he's actually capable of. Uh, Interesting decision. Um, They're just going to stick this out, I guess. Because that would have been a perfect opportunity to see what you have. Maybe they're saving that for this week. The Ole Miss-Georgia Tech game looked like a kind of sleepwalk we expected, but they turned it on late, which told me they weren't 100% sharp throughout. A lot of vanilla stuff you saw. Yeah, and again, uh, Georgia Tech was able to just keep the ball away from Ole Miss in the first half. I I mean, look, if uh, they had, what, four possessions. If Michael Trigg catches a touchdown pass that hit him in the hands – Those would have been really productive series, the four of them, and in what one ended with a blocked field goal. So it was just a a weird start. I I don't know. I, I don't think, I think you're right. I guess what I'm saying is, I don't know if necessarily it was like sleepwalking. I think. I'm t- I think one dropped touchdown pass is causing people to think that the offense was bad in the first half. And also, Dari Noca in the studio at halftime talking about, well, when do you consider making a change of quarterback? I mean, just mindless. It's just mindless. But anyway. Is Kedrick, I never say his name correctly, uh, R- Riscano? in the realm of possibility he clearly had potential to contribute can't help but be curious but who do you play him over you know he's a true freshman and so if you're going to give him the football that means you're not giving it to Judkins that means you're not giving it to Bentley you know what i mean um so and also there's there might there's a chance that they're not playing him when the games are in doubt because they might want to try to preserve his red shirt and play him later on in the year. Like let's say for example, that Judkins gets hurt with four games left. Well, you can play him and, and also still preserve his red shirt. think they are possibly just saving him in a reserve role. But if you play him, who are you taking carries away from? Also, it's like having an actual good defensive coordinator means they will actually make adjustments. Interesting. Yeah, but uh, ask an Alabama fan. Pete Golding sucks. He's terrible. Look, and, you know they're going to give up points. It's coming. LSU is going to score on them. I think Arkansas is probably going to score on them a little bit. This defense is not perfect. Um, I, I think we're going to see that they're just okay. But just okay is an improvement. Um, they are very clearly um, improving there. They're schemed better. They're in better spots. They play more guys. The fans booing Rodgers is pathetic. I don't like it. Uh, I make fun of Eagles fans for booing their own team all the time. I do. Um, because I think that's ridiculous. However, I do, it bothers me less in the NIL era, though. If if players want to get paid, then they're going to get treated like professionals. And professionals, when they're playing poorly, get booed. I mean it, that. I don't like it. I wouldn't do it. If I go to a Saints game and Derek Carr is playing like garbage, I won't boo him. It does bother me less though in the in the professionalized sports era. Rodgers is fine, better than anyone behind him. Absolutely on the coaches who told everyone they knew what they had in the inherited roster and would adjust their system accordingly. I know Ole Miss has some size on defense now, but we look small compared to Alabama and LSU, says Noah. Um, Because Alabama and LSU has more size than Ole Miss on defense. That's just the truth. If Ole Miss wins by 10-plus... With Milrow playing, is it about time for Saban to hang it up soon? I've been talking about that for a while. I, I mean, people did the "oh, he's smiling, he loves his team, look out, college football." It's no, he's smiling because he's more relaxed. I, I, he bought his seventeen million dollar beachfront retirement home recently. I, I think that I think might be he's just ready to hang it up, especially if this year goes poorly, and and those people. Act the way that you can expect them to act and how insane that will get. Might just decide I've accomplished everything in the world that I can accomplish. I'm going to go play golf with Justin Thomas and Jupiter. And my wife can hang out with Celine Dion who lives next door. You know, do I think the Travis Hunter hit was as egregious as people said? No, wasn't good. It was bad. But again, that whole broad the whole discourse around that game was so bizarre. And the broadcast I thought was awful. I mean truly awful. It's a football game. Like that that it's a football game. And they treated it like it. Anyway. If Pete Golding wasn't good for Alabama, then what's Kevin Steele? Worse? Kiffin coaches differently against Alabama. We all know this. We'll see if he can get out of his own way Saturday, unlike the last two years. They had a really good plan last year, though. They had a really good plan. The issue with Kiffin a year ago is not the way that he coached the game. It's what happened after that. That was the issue. The game itself, they had a good plan. Should have won. Bryce Young was just a magician. Mike Bubba wasn't good at Colorado State or anywhere. The defensive line looks more improved than last week for Ole Miss. They weren't bad last week either. Who in the world is this? Uh, Who? Oh, the Puka Nauka? Yeah, I have no idea. I have no idea who this guy is. Like, not a clue. He didn't even have a Wikipedia page, I don't think. Fifth-round pick? Out of where? Washington. Interesting. Yeah, I had no idea who he was. It was probably already been said, but the expectation on this entirely new staff with a first-time head coach trying a complete scheme change with a lot of personnel that doesn't fit hitting the ground running to 8, 9, 10 wins. Expectation was short-sighted. You know, it was. It was. And, again, I'm just the dumb old Miss Homer when I would say that, hey, there's a chance this goes poorly. Mike Leach elevated programs for two decades. Rookie head coach. Coordinator that's never done it in the SEC before. Quarterback that didn't perform well a year ago with a new system that's going to ask more of him may not be perfect, but anyway. Seems like Micah Pettis is in a slump. Bad last two games. I'm, I'm more concerned about what happened on the sideline, frankly. Um, I'm, I'm a lot more concerned uh, about what happened on the sideline uh, than I am. Um when you hold as often as he does, and you get called for it, and you finally get benched, acting like that, that just not a good look. Yelling at your quarterback, yelling at coaches, throwing your helmet. just there's, there's a difference between being a fiery competitor and not being able to control yourself. There's a difference. Trigg might not play another down this year. I bet he will, and I bet he will Saturday. Maybe in a different spot, though, depending on um, depending pre scorn and what they're able to do and all that. Maybe they know what they have in Mike Wright, have to assume that they're not using him more for a reason. He almost threw as many picks last year in a very limited time as Rodgers did all year, but he can run. I mean, that, that's why. That, that's why I keep talking about it. He at least can do something, he at least can produce something. And if you are getting nothing out of that position, maybe consider trying somebody that can do something. Kiffin was hot on the sideline after that trig drop. He slung his clipboard and everything. Keeps putting him in positions to succeed and just – I mean, that ball was a little behind him, but you've got to catch that. I mean, 100 times out of 100, you have got to catch that football. Got to but anyway all right guys um anything else anything else you you want to add here in chat i'll, I'll read a, a few more before i before i get going um but we heard all off season how statistically Rodgers was the best quarterback in the sec yeah that was never true it was it was never true it, Mike Leach's air raid did such a good job at making quarterbacks that weren't talented successful. There is a reason that, what, Gardner Minshew is his most successful quarterback at the next level? Look at the numbers that his guys over the years have put up and look at where they ended up. He was able to take not supremely talented quarterbacks and make them put up ridiculous numbers. Numbers does not equal best. Best numbers doesn't equal best player always. And especially when you're throwing it 65 times a game with little five-yard routes, your completion percentage is going to be up and, and your numbers are going to be up uh, like in, in volume. But that that was never the case. Top three quarterbacks in the SEC are Dart, Daniels, and Rattler. I would go Daniels, Dart, Rattler. I think would be my order. Um, Rattler needs to be graded on a curve, though, considering what he's dealt with. But man, he's been really, really impressive this year. I, I, I mean, it, he 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 developed a reputation of of being a, a bad teammate, difficult to be around, attitude. Got benched in Norman and and transfers to South Carolina becomes a. A captain and has, I mean, getting beat up all game long and not getting frustrated. I mean, just kind of staying within uh, himself in the game and and making plays. And he's been impressive. But yeah, I think it would be Daniels Dart Rattler so far uh, for me. Imagine if Corral played under Mike Leach. He's too talented for that. Uh, He wouldn't have fit. I mean, he would have been good, but that that system isn't built for guys like Matt Corral. You think the West is on the line next week for Ole Miss? Lose, and I think they're done. Next week, you mean the LSU game? Yeah, probably. Early prediction for Ole Miss, Alabama, 28-24 um, Bama, something like that. But yes, you're right. Now is the time to get Alabama. I mean, th- this is when you have to take advantage. This is why you pay Lane Kiffin $9 million. This is why you give the millions in the portal. It's for games like this. You're not, as a program, going to line up with the Alabamas and the LSUs of the world and beat them every year. You, you don't have the resources to do that. You don't. But you have resources that should be able to take advantage of this version of Alabama, with quarterback issues and frankly some talent issues in in some spots, vulnerability, question marks, discomfort. Th- this is when you have to take advantage of where they are and win these games. This Lane Kiffin's got to earn his nine million dollars this weekend. I think. I mean, th- this is what you're. This is what he's getting paid this money for. This is why you deal with all the Auburn crap. This is is why you pay Pete Golding $2 million. This is why you go into the portal and do everything they do for games like this one. This is what you do. Or this is the kind of game that you win if you're worth what you're getting. We'll see if he's able to do it. i got to run. Thank you guys so much. Like the video. All that good stuff. I appreciate you. And I'll see you on uh, on Tuesday night, uh, 8 o'clock on Tuesday night. See you then.